Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to another Journey Now podcast, and we are continuing with our series on addiction. And uh, if you had, haven't had a chance to listen to the two previous ones in this series, they're with Dave Hagen, and we talk about what constitutes in the psychological word, world, as he is a psychologist, um, what are the, you know, what qualifies as an addiction versus a problem or different things. And, and also between substance abuse, like alcohol or drugs versus process kind of addictions like um, pornography or gaming or different things that you just get consumed by. So those are, those are great distinctions. They were very helpful for me. It was a great conversation. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those two before you get to this one, I encourage you to do that. Today, I have two of my closest friends with me, uh, Sam Barnhart. Hey. Hey, Sam. He's our care pastor here at Journey, and Susie Lind. Hey. And she's um, our executive pastor here. And and we're going to talk a little bit about the struggle of ministry uh, for a church in this arena of addiction. Now, I want to remind you, if you've been listening to this, is that this series was prompted uh, by our prayer requests that we get on Sundays. We mm-hmm. get prayer requests per, um, people write them down and they put them in um, uh, on our stations in our, our gathering space and we pray over them every week and, and, and they've gotten more and more intimate and more and more um, just raw, some, mm-hmm. some of them. Yeah. And, and a lot of them have revolved around this problem of addiction. And, and so we want to speak to it because we don't get names all the time. And we want to encourage people directions they could go and places they can get help and and all that's involved with this. So we we thought because of the significant amount of of prayer requests that revolved around this. Well, this this particular podcast is going to talk to just biblically how does how do these things intersect for the believer? Where do they intersect? How does the Bible speak to this? How does um, even our relationship with God and the church kind of kind of speak to it as well. We're going to do it in two parts. The first first part of this is going to be if you are stuck in addiction, if you are somebody that is struggling there. Uh and then then we're going to do a second one on just if you if you have a loved one or a friend or you live with someone who's struggling with addiction. But with that with that in mind, um Sam is our care pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't necessarily have to speak to substance. It's probably a lot of more of what we deal with in journey is more processed, like right. pornography or, um, those types of things. Yeah. Um, how, how much of that are you seeing and how much of that is, um, uh, filling up your plate per se right. as the care pastor? Um, well, I think it's, it's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, then the pandemic hit, <laughs> Right. And a lot of those things, people, I mean, mm-hmm. they just really came to the surface uh, in a in a bigger way. Yeah. Or they just became more evident. Or they, yeah, they became more evident. Yeah. Um, or they couldn't hide anymore. Or, I mean. Right. They were exposed. Know, they were exposed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, recently I've just, there's a ton of conversations and mm-hmm. it's all, um, I don't want to say all, but like, 
like you said, like pornography, the struggle with that, the struggle, I mean, and some substance abuse, there's kind of a, sure. there's a definitely a, a mixed bag of what, mm-hmm. uh, um, but it's awesome to see people recognizing it and right. starting to do the work to, mm-hmm. you know, good to get through it. So yeah, yeah we're, see- but we're seeing it very all, all the time. Yeah. yeah. And you have made some referrals to groups we work with. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely partner with, you know, the... Well, like the Refuge, refuge Center. Refuge Center mm-hmm. and places and, to help. And Southeast Psych. And Southeast yep, Psych, yeah. Yep, we have quite works, a few so. that we... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Susie, have you been recognizing any of this in your uh, travels or ministries or as you talk to people at Journey Church? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think... Well, the one thing about the pandemic I think is interesting is that we all drank a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally. And I mean, even 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 for those of us who who just you know drink socially or whatever mm-hmm. and wouldn't necessarily have an addiction, mm-hmm. I've been talking to a lot of people who mm-hmm. have just said that, like, well, yeah. I drank a lot during the pandemic, and I'm trying to like the the dry January thing is extending yeah. beyond January yeah. because people are like, you know, I got to get healthy, and mm-hmm. I've actually been reading quite a bit about that being a. A, a global problem. Really? And okay. There's um, more people are are choosing to abstain from alcohol mm-hmm. in 2022, and they're actually opening more establishments and coming up with creative, like dry bars, and dry bars, like, yeah, and they, like you yeah. know, fun fun mocktails and things like right, that when you go right. out. So there's that. But then there's also, I think for me, I I um, the the pornography and sexual addiction one is the is the one that I seem to come across all the time it feels like well it seems to be an epidemic in the yeah i mean it just feels like it's constant and you know almost every young couple that i Mm -hmm. that we've done premarital counseling with or or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. you know there's just always that element involved whether they would call it an addiction or Mm -hmm. or struggle or whatever i mean it's just it's just so available to us and it's not just men Right, that are right. struggling with it. I think we, especially in the evangelical world, we think it's just men that struggle with it, but it's actually a lot of women too are um, dealing with that as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's mm-hmm. probably about eighty percent of the kind yeah. of addiction that sure. something in that yeah. in that realm. Yeah, right, right. Well, there's been eating disorders too. That's mm-hmm. that's more process than it is, and I yeah. don't know if it's addictive or whatever. But there's been a lot of mm-hmm. that as well. Um, either, either just a bad relationship with food. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, the point of this isn't necessary to talk about the specifics. Right. The the point of of this conversation is does the does does Jesus speak to this? Does the Bible speak to this? Um, and and how how do we navigate this fine line of um, wanting to help without shaming people, mm-hmm. uh, wanting <clears throat> to um, speak to this with truth and and sam you'd mentioned a little little just as we came before we were we started into this conversation is that light has a lot to do with this putting light on those areas that we hide and really an addiction is usually something either we deny or we hide and we um, it's it's like this blind spot. A lot of people in in this this comes from Dave Verhagen in in the previous podcast. He yeah. said he said most people don't realize they have a problem mm-hmm. until somebody they love speaks to them. Mm. Yeah, and so 
um, they don't know that it is somehow taken over their life. And so I think this is where the spiritual component comes in, is that we use different words around that in, in, in the church right. and, and in the Bible, kind of ancient language. We use words like idol or we, we, it, it's something becomes our master. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible speaks to those ideas. But um, so you were, and so shining light on that, yeah. you, you talked earlier about what that means and how that comes in, yeah. in, in its theology. So give your example. You me, okay. So um, I, growing up, I grew up in uh, a lot of old houses. My mom was a restoration architect. So there were, we were always, our houses were always in process. And some of those were pretty creepy old houses, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, as a, as a, as that a, could be fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, or it there, could there was, be. Yeah, it, it could was, be it really scary. End. It was a both end. Where does this secret room lead? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, like, I just I, there's a, a, a few times. One house in particular um, where my bed was. You know, I had my bedroom, and that, and I had this a closet, and the door. It was one of those old doors that never wanted to shut all the way. Right. And so I, I uh, um, and the way the light came in the room, it always created a weird like. A weird, um, I don't know, just like, it just looked creepy, like the way the closet was. And so, right. you know, I, I would yell for my mom and dad to come in and because I, I, I would have sworn there was a creature that was getting ready to come out of there, right? right? Uh, probably all of us. <laughs> I felt like that at some point. Oh, I had those. Um, I had those experiences many times. Yeah. It was the towels in the my ta- grandparents' house. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, mine was my bathrobe, bathrobe on the hook in my yeah. closet, yeah. but it looked like somebody getting ready to come out. So yeah. I'd scream for my mom or dad, and they'd come in and flip the light on. Yeah. And it would, you know, it would shine light on what it was, and then it was like, oh, it's just your bathrobe. Yeah, right. Okay. So all that to say that as soon as light was shown. Mm-hmm. Um, it it took all the power that that darkness had right. away. Right. And so, um, yeah. So spiritually, what is the natural tendency within us to want to hide um, in the dark? Yeah. What is that? You want to speak to that a little bit, Susie? Well, the, uh, can I? Oh, I'll say one okay. thing is yeah. I think that okay. it's from the beginning mm-hmm. we want to hide. Right. Right. We see yeah. that in yep. the garden, like right. all the way, like as soon as, as as you know. Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. you know, ate from right. from uh, from the tree. Then they realized they were, they wanted to hide from God. There yep. was shame immediately. Yep. That, right. Okay. That so, rose up. There right. was so we see it all the way back. Right. And so we see it in in our interactions with humans, other humans, and we see it in our interaction with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so shame comes this with with this. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter how you look at mm-hmm. it. And so you have to break break into that idea of shame so spiritually this this has a big implication yes on us because it it does something in our relationship with god yeah um mm-hmm. and, and with people yeah and, and i mean want to hide i think the steps the 12 steps are are pretty consistent with in my, in my opinion they're they, they're pretty consistent with scripture and like with the first step being admitting that you have a problem mm-hmm. is very significant and yep. so I mean, your question was, what was, how did you ask the question? How, how, hiding? Yes. About? How does hiding mm-hmm. spiritually this, because the component that we're trying to wrestle with yeah. is the spiritual component of addiction. Right. And so it cuts off in some form or fashion mm-hmm. our um, relationship with God and mm-hmm. our relationship with others. Yeah. 
And it's, it's rooted in this idea of shame. Yeah. Right. And so like admitting that you have a problem is mm-hmm. a big deal because, you know, if you have a problem that you're not admitting to, you're constantly hiding it from yourself and from others and, and attempting to control it and believing the lie that you might have it under control, that you can mm-hmm. fix it on your own, that right. no one will find out. And then, and then it goes into like, well, if they find out, what will they really think of me and what mm-hmm. will happen to my marriage and what will happen to my relationship right. and yeah. what will be taken from me and what will I lose? And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's all of the costs that keep mounting and mounting and the vain imaginations that build up and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. And, and what I believe is the enemy lying to you and saying right. that, you know, yeah, you have to keep this under wraps. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I come out clean and say, I have a problem, then I have, um, I'm confessing that not just, I mean, to God and to myself and maybe the people mm-hmm. I love. And it, like you said, it turns the light on mm-hmm. and then we can go from there. And then, you know, admitting that you're powerless I mean, that's a huge one when it comes to biblically speaking. And when we talk about, you know, the power of God and, Mm -hmm. and the, the power of God to transform us. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's, there's just so much there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's also recognizing I need a higher power. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. how the 12 step process works. And, and so with that, we step into this idea then as, as a church, and we talk a lot about freedom in Christ. We talk about what it means to be free, but we also talk about identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if our identity is wrapped up in our behavior, we will, get, we will end up mm-hmm. in a place of despair mm-hmm. because this is all I do. This is, I'm addicted to something. I've, yeah. I've fallen into this trap. I've fallen into this pattern of behavior. And we oftentimes become defined by our by, behavior absolutely. rather yeah. than our true identity. And so speak to this idea of, of how an identity uh, either can enslave us or master us mm-hmm. or free us. Yeah. We did um, a couple years ago. We we talked about this in some of our men's stuff. Mm-hmm. We did uh, yeah. the three lies of identity. It's from Henry Nowen. How do you now and Henry Nowen. Um But it was the lie, and we did, we focused on kind of generally speaking, like the lies men believe, which mm-hmm. are I am what I have, right? I am what I do, or I am what other people think of me, think or say of, about me, right? Right. So, um, and those are, I mean. Right. easy lies to believe. Like, well, what's the first question we ask somebody? Hey, what do you what do? You do? Right? right, yep. And so we tend to define ourselves right. by those things. Right. And addiction, because just how deep-rooted that is, it right. becomes an even greater... Uh, right, because they, they talk about addiction in terms of, I'm always an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'm always an addict. Or right. I'm all, you don't shed that. I think that, biblically, that is difficult to swallow. Yeah, it's interesting, because I... And I'm I am no expert in this. I don't no, want to. We're, don't not. Wanna, we're don't talking want we're to... just talking spiritually. I already talked to the yeah, experts. Okay. So we're yeah, good. Dave, Dave, <laughs> you, we're, you we're can, talk, Dave right. can talk to me and later. We can, we can wrestle but, about it. 
but the th- it's one like because you know you have like there's different types of twelve step programs like you right. have like um, like AA NA yep. SA and then you have like the you know there's the Christian but like celebrate recovery right and one of the things that celebrate recovery does differently is they don't continue to def- define their identity by what they were mm-hmm. right. right so in AA it would be I'm Sam and I'm an alcoholic oh, right um, in in like celebrate recovery they would say I'm Sam and my struggle is, is. with alcohol or right. something along those lines, right? right. So um, yeah, you're, they're shifts, kind of pulling their identity yeah. away from, yeah. Right. It shifts it off of the, the mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's who I am. Right. 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 And I, I actually, I can understand why both are, sure. you know, uh, have been effective and, and yeah. you know, but... That's always the, that's always the challenge is, is man, we continue to define ourselves by this identity that... Uh, because I, I'm defined then by what I do. Right. Yeah. So... So if I'm, you know, yeah, it, once once something, always something. Right now, I d- totally agree that once something, maybe always the struggle. Uh, sure. Of that something, right. but yeah, right, right, right. So and so part of part of spiritually becoming free is beginning to understand one's identity mm-hmm. in Christ mm-hmm. as opposed to one's identity in what has consumed me or mastered me. Right. And that's that's a good way to to say, you know, I'm addicted to video games. I can't stop. I won't stop. I'm going to keep doing this no matter the consequences, no matter the ramifications. I am a video game junkie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's you know, and and the the idea of spiritual bondage is wrapped up in that. The idea of I now not only do I do these things, but now I'm identified with, yeah, and it it becomes that which consumes my soul. Yeah, well, and it starts to identify. Yeah, our identity gets rooted in our behavior or our our mm-hmm. brokenness rather than in right in Christ. Right, you know. And so, how does one move from that identity to an identity that is um, rooted in? behavior or rooted in in a habitual habit that I have um, and moves towards this invitation that we get from Jesus come to me I'll give you freedom mm-hmm. how does how does that take place how does hmm. how does somebody make that journey hmm. <laughs> it might be different for everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think it is because it's really easy to answer that question with a like a well, here's what you do. <laughs> you know. Right. right. But there's a recognition mm-hmm. that has to take place. Yeah. There has to be a breaking of the bondage. Well, I think where the breaking of that bondage starts is say is admitting, "Hey, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I have a problem and I am powerless." Right. I um, think and I think too like I mean a question that I often ask in a scenario like that is mm-hmm. like, what stirs your affection for Jesus? Mm, because I right. think, you know, like it's easy to say like the, 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 you know, terrible answer of like, well, you should just spend more time with Jesus. And that's not yeah. always a helpful answer. It's right. not right. always the helpful thing to do. Right. But asking the question, like, what stirs your affection for Jesus? Because mm-hmm. really what we're talking about is there's something in my life that has taken my affection for Jesus right. and absorbed it into this other mm. thing, right? right? Yeah. 
And so, you know, there's no, there's no single answer for that. Yeah. I mean, of course, reading your Bible and praying and spending time with Jesus, those are all really good things. But right. how you do those things and when you do them and when, you know, like whatever. It's, and it's not just those three things, mm-hmm. but like, you know, that's a pretty broad, open-ended question. What stirs your affection for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because then that's kind of a starting point of, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, and and here's here's the I'm gonna I'm gonna share a verse here. It's it's found in Romans chapter six, verse fourteen, and it, it speaks to this idea of of how we get caught. But sin is no longer your master, mm-hmm. for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And so, to lean into that verse for just a second, mm-hmm. a lot of us don't fully grasp god's grace in order to understand your true identity in christ you have to understand grace right because you're adopted into his family you get a new name you're a child of god you're a divine masterpiece you are you are in relationship with the living god you've been rescued you've been saved you've been forgiven all those things are true and and as those things are true of you Mm -hmm. either you believe it or you don't believe it but it's rooted in this idea of grace and so understanding grace becomes the the mystery that has to stir, stir the heart of the one that's... Like, so beginning to understand that is kind of the, the mm-hmm. key that unlocks... And I would even take it a step further that mm-hmm. beginning to understand that God's grace is an outpouring of his love. Mm. Because if right. you don't understand that God's grace is the outpouring of his love, then right. it's just going to become right. doctrine and lists mm-hmm. and... Right. things yeah. to do and yeah grace is yeah grace is the root of the relationship mm-hmm. yeah yeah so if sin isn't my master or is my master right. or isn't my master let's just say but and i still do the behavior mm-hmm. i still do those things i have to learn how to disconnect my identity from what i do otherwise i will continually be drawn back into this addiction yeah mm-hmm. and so um so the struggle the struggle with sin is real i mean just read romans 7 yeah i mean it is the best description of the struggle with sin mm-hmm. and it's and it wants to master us and it wants to take us captive and all those things are true and jesus says no i've come to set you free mm-hmm. and and so there's something rooted in this relationship with god mm-hmm. that moves us from slavery or being mastered mm-hmm. by something into this relationship with God that brings about freedom. Mm-hmm. That, um, that is the struggle. That is the essence of this struggle. And so when we let something become our master, when we become a slave to something other than Christ, yeah. we forfeited in many ways the power it takes to mm-hmm. overcome that. Mm, yeah. Because now we've given the power to something this other thing to yeah. this other thing yeah yeah because it becomes our master and i i think you know in in my previous or like my upbringing or whatever it is my, historically i feel like how christians have approached this is either you know just you can't you know just love god more or whatever or do these things more and there, there seems to be extremes to the to that mm-hmm. solution. That, um, that that's why I hesitate to answer the question in one single way. <laughs> yes. But I do, I do think that, like 
you know, you can't underestimate the fact that when you are a slave, let's say, mm-hmm. you are a worker, you yeah. are doing things. Yes. And when Jesus calls you into relationship with him, like we're right now, we're in the, we're still in the upside down kingdom on Sunday mornings and we're reading about the Sermon on the Mount and studying that. And at the end of that sermon, he says, anyone who do does these things, right, is, is blessed and and puts these into Mm -hmm. practice. And so Mm -hmm. there is something to be said about doing something. So when I say like, what stirs your affection for Jesus? Yeah. Like, what are the things that you do? What are the practices in your life that mm-hmm. that stir up, that that are part of your mm-hmm. recovery, that, right. that contribute to your recovery? Right. So, you know, like there's a person in our community who's just awesome and we all love him so much and he is a recovering alcoholic and mm-hmm. I think I probably drugs also, I, if I remember correctly. I don't really know exactly what it is, but he is every week, he is front and center. Sometimes he stays for the first half of the second gathering so mm-hmm. he can be in the worship and he doesn't sing but he worships with his facial expressions yeah. you know oh, yeah. like yeah. He, you can just see he's just like taking it all in and and hanging on the words to the songs and stuff and he puts in a he writes out his prayers every week and like you can tell like these are practices that he's doing because he knows that filling his life with this is helping him with the void that he probably still feels because mm-hmm, he's sure. not drinking right yeah. you know and yeah. and it's hard and yeah. it's hard for him still every day yeah. to stay sober but mm-hmm. he's warring against that yeah. that addiction and um so it's and and that's not going to be the same for another person like right. another person yeah. might just need to go to a meeting every day or another person might need to go seek you know more in-depth therapy or mm-hmm. might yeah. need to go to a 45-day treatment place like right. there's so many different things that um that that help us in our actual addiction but also can draw us towards mm-hmm you know, the heart of God, but it's like, you can't, it's like the people who used to say like, you know, you don't need counseling or therapy. You just need the cross. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really helpful. I just can't really get to the cross without therapy, (laughs) you know, for some people. And so I think in it, I think, you know, it has felt like at times, that's not the case here, I know, but at, Mm -hmm. at times it feels like, Recovery and discipleship are separate. Mm. Yeah, but reality, they're and not. And they're Boy, not. They're right. They're yeah. totally yeah. intertwined. Yes. And so... We're all recovering from something. That's, that's exactly what We're all recovering. We, we all are addicted yeah, to something. something. Yeah, right. Some of us are... It's just caffeine. Well, yeah. and some of our addictions <laughs> are just addiction. socially... <laughs> like caffeine, they're like... They're socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a big deal. Correct. You know? Or right. I might be a functional alcoholic, and it's still socially acceptable. Sure. Or, right. You know. Mm-hmm. It, again, we 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 walk this fine line of inviting people into relationship with Jesus, not so that they are condemned or shamed, mm-hmm. but where they will find freedom. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that it feels counterintuitive to be exposed and not be shamed to be. Ex- to say, okay, here's my issue. Here's my addiction. Here's yeah. my, and I'm, 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 I'm admitting that I can't fix it alone. But at the same time, somebody isn't going to say something that shames me or. Well, that's probably because most people's experience has it, been that, that at right, some right. point in their life yeah. mm-hmm. that they were honest about their struggle and somehow right. 
uh, they they were shamed or or made to feel less than right because mm-hmm. they're of their struggle right and that's I think that's a danger dangerous mm-hmm. yeah. um, way that the church ecumenically has approached this right. conversation for right. many years you know okay so somebody out there is listening to our podcast and we've we've kind of danced around this we've we've talked about the power of Christ we've talked about these things but if you were going to give them just a word of hope if you if you could just say one thing to somebody who is struggling with an addiction or even wondering if they have one. Um, and what would you say? What, what would you extend to them as a word of hope? I always go back to Lamentations 3. Okay. And I always go back to the idea that it's never too late mm-hmm. and every day is a new day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So start over. And there's Today. a and right. you have a new opportunity every new morning. Every morning, every right. day is new. Every, every morning, morning is new. And mm-hmm. his mercies are new, new every, every morning. That's right. And yeah. it's it's just something to behold, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're struggling today, if today was not a good day, if mm-hmm. if your thoughts were you you weren't able to take your thoughts captive today. Yes, if right. You weren't, yeah, right. You know all of those things. Like you were stuck in your stronghold. If today. you're stuck today, if you yeah. if you messed up today, if you whatever mm-hmm. you know, like tomorrow's a new day. And there's the the wonderful thing about Jesus is that there's always hope. Mm-hmm. He doesn't run out of hope as right. long as we have breath That's in good. this life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always enough hope to go around. And He yeah. loves you even in mm-hmm. your failure. He yeah. loves you even oh, in yeah. your difficulty and Heck your shame. Yeah. He loves you. Heck yeah. And he invites you to mm-hmm. into this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I think too, and this kind of goes along with that, mm-hmm. which is, um, and I give this encouragement often, which is, you know what, today it might be every minute you're having to, mm-hmm. um, tomorrow it might be every half hour, you know, and mm-hmm. that as you, but as you continue um, to, to fight, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you look back and realize, man, it was moment to moment at this point. Um, it mm-hmm. was, you know, maybe yeah. day to day. Then, but because uh, that challenge, that struggle, may never ever yeah. go away. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. And so, recognizing that some days it's a moment to moment, some right. days it's it's easier. Right. You know. And don't and give up. Yeah. And one step back doesn't mean you have to take ten. Right. That's right. right. That's good. Right. I think too, I just want to say like I, this topic, I, I like enter into this with so much fear and trepidation <laughs> yes, because right. I'm yeah. like, you could really jack somebody up yes. with what you say. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I like, there's so much, uh, all of our stories are so unique. Mm-hmm. And so, and I mean, in some ways they're very similar. We should have so much in common and, and, so, and, but your, your life, your story is your story. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's hard to, um, put in one 30 minute podcast, something that, you know, applies to everybody or speaks to everybody. But with that being said, yeah. And I agree with you. And that's this, Mm -hmm. our hope is this as, as a church is that if you're listening to this and you go, that wasn't really helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I can understand where you go. That wasn't really helpful. Yeah. Here's the hope. You're not alone, and we want to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to be a part of the solution. Right. We might not know how to help you, but we can point you in the direction of someone That's who right. can. And we, we can walk alongside <laughs> yeah. you and in we that. Can, right. Absolutely. That's the hope, right? Yeah. And so this next podcast that, you know, if you decide to 
endure one more of these <laughs> is that we want to talk about that. We want to talk about how if you are walking with somebody or if you're living with somebody that is struggling with addiction, we want to also be there for you. Yeah. Because in in our addictions, in our issues, in our problems, it's we often think, well, it's just my problem. Yeah. It's not. It's oh, the yeah. community's problem that you encounter. You, it's the people you work with. It's people you live with. It's the people that love you and and don't know what to do. And those are a lot of the prayer requests we get. Mm-hmm. Well, you and know, I think also that's uh, one of the lies that keeps us in that is I'm the only one. And so yeah. if I'm right. exposed, yeah. then right, then everybody's going to know my junk, yes. and they're going to they're going to think this, this, or that. Right? right? Like so, we want to we tend to want to control that narrative, and yep. I think we get. I don't want to say addicted, but we get in that mode of right. almost of an addiction of controlling the narrative that yeah. everybody else is going to. So yeah, there's the hope. Yeah, that's what we want to say. None of us have this figured out, but we do know that we want to we want to be a place where you are safe. Mm-hmm. You you will encounter Jesus, and we want to give you hope. That's right. And so. Um, if you've, if you've shared one of those prayer requests, like I'm struggling with my addiction, but you didn't give us your name and you want to give us your name, you can reach out to any of us. Um, Sam is our care pastor and his email is Sam at journeytn.com. Right. And And we have a care team of lots of people who are willing willing to to just walk alongside, walk alongside, Mm -hmm. bring you dinner. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And all those things without judgment. Without mm-hmm. judgment. Right. So, well, thank you for joining us for this one. Yeah. And uh, thank you for your time, you guys. And um, we are, again, a church that wants to uh, reach out to those that are, you know, been hurt by the church, that have struggled, to have issues. And um, you will find us all broken mm-hmm. here, um, living and loving each other in such a way that. Um, hopefully you would encounter Jesus when you came. So with that, um, thanks again and tune in for the next version of the Journey Now podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.